0: welcome back to the scoop college basketball podcast we are back for another episode which it's, it's been a few weeks but we thought we would get one last episode in before we started doing our conference previews which will likely probably be our next like episodes for a while don't you think it's about time for that yeah Kyle?
1: it's yeah we got a lot of ground to cover and uh i just have to Next, you know, just getting to August, I think was big, you know, July's a real real dead period. So yeah, now we're mean, in August. It, it, I think uh we can we can start uh getting into that stuff. So
0: Yeah, I mean we we hit uh, double digit days until the college basketball season. We're at ninety five today. And if you haven't been keeping att- paying attention, we are uh we have a YouTube series going on where every day we release a video. Um we're doing a top hundred countdown. Lights. And counting down the top 100 teams in the country going into next year. Today, number 95 was Weber State, who is a team I really like. But we'll have stuff to say about him if we end up doing a conference period of every conference, which we might. We might do like short ones for like the non, like power six. Do we want to like...
1: start with the big ones or work? I don't we know.
0: At? We we can figure it out behind the scenes, but we should. Ah. We should uh, get the listeners some more entertainment. But yeah. As I was saying, we're kind of doing just a recap episode of the like the main news and notes. Every college of basketball headline's happened in the past like two weeks because surprisingly, for it being late July and early August, there's still been stuff happening. Guys are still entering the portal. International recruits are falling out of the sky. And just some more like overall major college of basketball news is happening. But we should touch on the portal first. And the first name that we're going to hit on is Chris Lotham, who committed shortly after we did our last episode. So it's not super new news at this point. We did allude on the last episode that St. John's was probably going to be where he went. But I, th- I think he actually did sign like yesterday. So I guess it's still kind of relevant news-ish. But yeah. Chris Ledlam is like a, I think like 6'7, six, 6'8 six, power forward. Definitely a high major caliber athlete, pretty skilled, physical. Yeah. So coming from Tennessee, where he committed this offseason, but originally coming from Harvard, we're both Ledlam fans, but more than, more than just them. like this fills a huge gap for St. John's because he is a like plus level power forward he's a true power forward which they did not have so i mean this is this has been done for a while but what are your like like, quick thoughts about how yeah uh,
1: when it came out like obviously you know all the overreaction uh side of me comes out but i really don't think it is one like um yeah it's kind of what they needed it's it was like you know, the last infinity stone to, uh, that starting lineup, you know, they had Glenn Taylor starting at the four. Um, and you know, now they can really start someone really good and skilled and Chris Ledlam, you know, he's really good downhill, scored all three levels. Um, like why, why not? Like, why couldn't they compete for a big East title? Right. Like, I mean, you got Rick Pitino, um, like the sky's the limit, like, especially like, some of the other contenders, like you think of Villanova, think, you know, obviously red flag at the coaching spot. Like, you know, you don't know what you're gonna get with Kyle Neptune. Uh, I'm you know, I'm still very skeptical of him. Um, you know, and uh the others, you know, Shaka Dan Hurley, obviously, but you know, Sean Miller's had his question marks too. Um, so hmm. He definitely probably has the uh, coaching advantage here of all the other Big East uh, contenders here. Um, you know, so or you know, he's definitely on par with the other contenders. So, I why wouldn't they be in that conversation? You know, and they're as deep as anybody. Um, that's another thing. You know, they can go like ten guys deep. Uh, this move gives them a ton of flexibility with their bench. Uh, you got Naheem Aline, you got uh, guys like that. So, um, they're really loaded. Yeah,
0: well, I I do think that they will be good, but I think there's a zero percent chance that they win the Big East. I think the Big East is too good, and they just don't have they just don't have the top end talent necessarily. Like they they have a really good roster, but like I I don't think it's even close to like the rosters that like Creighton and Marquette have. Like maybe even you throw UConn in there. So I I I think it's an egregious take that you have them winning the Big East. Oh, I mean, they can. Like, I won't
1: say they uh-huh. do not I don't know that they can, though. Like, I think I mean, to say is... they don't have top-end talent, I think, is false. Like, I mean, you know they, somebody they have good like talent. R.J. Like... Lewis, who's like a 6'8 wing, who could really turn into something. Like, you know, NBA scouts have looked at him. Like, they definitely have talent there. And you obviously I... have Jordan Dingle, who was the M- NCAA's pretty much leading scorer. And, you know, we know he'll translate anywhere um so you have him too um and I think and you have Chris Ledlon like you have a lot of a lot of scoring options so
0: yeah I I just don't think the roster is close to some of like the really top teams but it's still a really good roster they're still top 25 I think we maybe top 20 but I don't I don't think they're
1: the biggies is too good this year like You definitely have teams who've been there before. Uh, That's definitely, you know, there's something to be said about that, right? Um, And this is a brand-new roster. Um, You know, obviously, you have Soriano, too. I think a lot of people are forgetting about him and how damn good he was last year. Um, But, yeah, he's really the only returner, so. You know, there's obviously that route. I know that's why people are a bit hesitant, but they definitely have the potential to go head to head and toe to toe I feel like
0: but, yeah I mean okay so, so what what do you think like uh getting away from that conversation but what do you think like a realistic expectation for St. John's fans should be in your
1: world? um I mean yeah I think just start with the tournament bid but let's just say uh getting out of the first four like let's just you know let's hope they're not a first four team for this uh third time and like what uh, they were an A-team with Shamari Ponds. Um, yeah. I swear they were another year, too, but maybe it was just that year. No, that was Arizona State, I'm thinking of. Yeah, uh, Arizona State yeah. always finds themselves on the first four. Um, so, uh, no, I think they just need to make the field and, like, not the first four. Um, yeah. The first four is it's tough. i uh, say it's definitely a tough place to be, not for every program.
0: I think winning a tournament game is also... Oh, for sure. They, they, I think that's another thing that they would... Uh, they haven't done that in a while. The fans would also expect yeah yeah. but either way, that's definitely a program that's on the upwards turn. It has a lot of potential. has a lot of market, untapped potential. The New York market. There's just... I, and, I mean, they're getting into... I think we more just got to see... You no, know, we got to see how they play, you and... know? Yeah, definitely one of the teams that I'm really interested in watching. Yeah, um, yeah so when Latham committed to St. John's, that affected other players on the roster, such as Quinn Szynski, who saw the writing on the wall that he was probably going to lose a significant amount of playing time. He entered a portal, and like a day, like 24 hours after uh, he entered a portal, he was off to West Virginia. Who quite frankly just need bodies, and he's a maybe a high major caliber player, not a high major caliber starter, but like he was he was fine at Louisville. So I mean, don't really have much to say about this, but he's better than whoever else West Virginia had, and this yeah, like might as well take him. Yep. Yeah. And then West Virginia, they they got Jose Perez back, uh, which uh again like. I'm not a huge Jose Perez guy, but he's better than whoever else they would have had if he would've like transferred somewhere else. And, and his asking price was like insanely high considering he's really not that good. I mean he's good, but he did an NIL asking price. Yeah, it it was that uh scared some schools away. Oh gosh. But I mean I mean like I don't know. He's he's good, kind of. Like I just don't. I just think he's a player that doesn't really translate well up levels. Which I mean, because like he
1: can't
0: really shoot.
1: Like, I don't. His play style is really weird. He's not a traditional guard. Like, yeah. He he's like a three four who's
0: like kind of a good passer, but like right. He's know. a three I, or
1: four, but he's really undersized for three or four. Yeah. That's amazing. He, he's works. he's big though. Like he's not like tall, he's but he's strong. Pretty big. Nah, he is strong. Sure.
0: But either way, West Virginia, I'm still not really in this roster, but they do have some good pieces. But um, Kansas transfer Marcus Adams Jr. is off to Gonzaga. Not sure if he'll be eligible this year because he entered a portal obviously significantly after the deadline but he's also hasn't I mean he never played for Kansas and he was in the 2023 class so I'm not sure if he's going to get a waiver I'm not sure if it really matters I'm not sure if he's really going to do that much this year but I mean it's definitely worth the swing for Gonzaga like see like a top fifty four star
1: recruit that's open might be able yeah, to play. That's what I'm trying to figure out. Uh, um,
0: I mean, let
1: me check on Zega's roster. They have Anton back too, don't they?
0: Yeah, they do. And Anton's going to be the starting four, if I'm right. not mistaken. But I mean, yeah, I guess they do have like Ben Gregg, Caden Perry,
1: um, Braden Gray. Huff. No, he's going to so, go. Send Ike, of course. So
0: Yeah. Right. So it would probably be best if he just r- didn't play this year anyway I and would registered it. Yeah. Yeah, which he might be forced to either way, but right. yeah, I'm not gonna spend a ton of time talking about someone who hasn't played a college basketball game yet. But um, another where did my my Zoom window disappeared. Um, but yeah, Arkansas transfer uh transfer in was Keon Manyfield, who will be redshirting because he is. Academically ineligible this season, which is not great news, so um I'm not sure where my I... are you still there? Yeah. okay, there we go. I don't know my my zoom window just like couldn't find it it was went missing, but yeah, Tian manyfield is not gonna play this year because of academic reasons. I don't know if that was like put out there, but th- that's that's what it is, so. Which I actually think is kind of good for him, like personally, because then he'll be probably better next year. But so then Arkansas had another scholarship to use because they took Manifield off scholarship and got New Mexico State or Southern Miss transfer Denjay Harris, who committed to New Mexico State and then opened up and turned it into Arkansas.
1: So, I mean. I actually agree. You know, like Manningfield was kind of the odd man out um, in terms of their guards in which they brought in. Like he's probably going to come off the bench. I don't know how he's going to exactly fit. Um, I think a red shirt would be, you know, not a bad idea, um, especially, you know, some of those guys. I think isn't LL since last year of eligibility. Yeah. Or, so, I mean, he'll be gone next year and he'll have a role opened uh, for himself. So, no, I feel like actually Arkansas actually did get better here. Um, you know, they actually attacked the need, um, and they needed, you know, like an enforcer, somebody's good on defense inside on the glass off the bench. They did lack that off the bench. Um, you know, they still have Brazel of course, but you know, they could run Dennege at the four if they want for some time next to Brazel, which would be a really just an absolute death lineup. Um, you know, teams would not be able to, uh, do much inside against those two so you know it gives them a lot of roster flexibility i think denis is a really good get for them
0: yeah i think he's a really good like Kamani johnson replacement just a guy that's gonna right. come in and like hustle and get some rebounds and right play defense so yeah yeah i, I also really like menifield so i think it definitely opens up more of a door for him next year
1: to mm-hmm. be good it's definitely a lock jam there was this year so
0: yeah but so Memphis, Memphis, we need to talk about Memphis because Teofle Leonard uh, decommitted to pursue his, started his professional career and they somehow landed a replacement-ish in Jaquan Walton. And Jaquan Walton is a very good player. But I I think losing Teofle is, like, huge because, like, who, who, I mean – if you compare to players like head-to-head, like uh, Walton and Tiafale, like, oh, you know, maybe they're around the same, just like... Size-wise
1: and build-wise, right? Yeah,
0: and, and even like production-wise, I mean, obviously, Walton is a really efficient offensive player, can really score the ball. But the thing is that they they already kind of... Like, I'm not going to criticize the Walton now, because that's great if you can get it at this point, even though I'm not completely sure that he'll be eligible. But I think losing Leonard is huge because he brought something to the table that Memphis didn't have anyone else. He was crazy athletic. He had NBA upside. I'm not sure if Memphis really had anyone else like this. And is one was one of the best defenders in the country, which
1: is like – I don't know how long he was defensively compared he's to – He's like – he, he he's okay. Like he's not yeah. going to bring – He's not it like a liability, a but there. he's not like good. Either. You know, and they don't really have a lot on the perimeter defensively now. So that's something that you could say is a weakness of Memphis is now, um, you know, that I didn't have before, And that was part of the reason I, I like them is because, you know, they had Tiafale on the uh, perimeter and they're on the glass, things like that. So I definitely think they got a little worse, but, you know, I think they'll still be pretty good.
0: Mm hmm. And. See. Uh yeah, Me- Memphis is going to be interesting. I'm not sure if I'm really in on them anymore. They I have, will like, put FAU over them though. Yeah, they just, I like. It's kind of talented, but they have so many players who have like issues. I've been hearing DeAndre might come back. It, have, that's that's going to be
1: ridiculous if he gets a waiver. There is I no, know, you know, legitimately good old Chris eligible. from our chat has kind of been explaining things. You know, but they're trying the angle they're trying to take to get him a waiver is. Um, that are saying the Evansville coach gave him like bad advice when he was hurt or, or some shit.
0: But yeah. I I thought I was under the impression that so the reason why he's not eligible, the reason why he took a year away, is because he graduated high school and he just did like nothing for a year. Then he went to a prep school, so that year at a prep school counted against his eligibility because he was like over a huh. year removed from high school. Like it, it the year that he lost his eligibility it was not the year at Evansville that he had to sit out that was just I think that count as a red shirt yeah I believe so so like I, I don't probably. see why he would be eligible but apparently like people in Memphis are supposedly confident that he will be eligible yeah that's what which, I've been hearing like,
1: which is shocking to me I which
0: know. I think it's ridiculous if they let him play I mean he's clearly has no eligibility left and he is nine years older than most incoming freshman at some point, you just have to go pro. Like, he, he's a good enough pro player. Like,
1: he is, he, man, he can get a
0: good contract, like, not an NBA, but he can make a lot of money overseas, like,
1: 100 percent, like Tel Aviv 100%. or anything. Like, yeah, East. Just, go, go ahead and do that, DeAndre. Just
0: <laughs> get out of college. You've, ah, you've been here long enough, but still, if he does come back, job. he is, I will think, a lot hire Memphis as a team within bag. She is really Oh, heavy. of course, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I just, they have just so many question marks on their roster. Like, half their players aren't even on campus yet. Like, who knows what's going to happen with Mikey Yeah, Williams. her Mikey. Mikey,
1: even up. Still, uh, D- David Jones <laughs> still hasn't
0: gotten his papers cleared, Even though he was playing against Memphis the other day, because he's on the Dominican national team, because <laughs> Memphis was on their foreign tour. He's, he hasn't been uh, the papers haven't gone through, but he's playing against him. But like Jalen Young hasn't Good made point. to campus yet. Who's like their backup point guard? So whatever. But so one him. like it, it. This is going to be interesting. I can say that and be confident about that. Another transfer uh, decision that was made that actually was another guy that had been at multiple schools this off season is Jeremiah Williams, who was off to Rutgers. And uh, yeah, he uh, kind of an Iowa state transfer. He tore his Achilles, which is kind of the worst injury to have before a season to Iowa state. So never played there. He committed to Illinois this off season, decommitted and ended up at Rutgers. Um, so I think it's a fine day. Rutgers had a lot of open spots left. so. I mean might as well take a shot on him. Um yeah, I guess that's just kind of what
1: it is. I think they were kind of lacking in the backup point guard department, um yeah. you know. Um they needed somebody who's you know, his best attribute is his distributing. Um you know, he gets others involved and what you can do is you know, you can slot him with the starters for some minutes. Um you can keep some of the starters on the floor like you can have him next to Noah Fernandes or Dylan Simpson or Derek Simpson, <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh, you can run them, um, you know, together and stuff. So uh, he's definitely somebody who could run minutes at the stars and be a quality bench guy. So like,
0: Yeah, I, I just have no clue. Like, if he's, I mean, he's a two-time transfer, but you would think he would be eligible So he didn't play last year. Right. He's
1: also coming off an Achilles tear, so who knows?
0: You'd it's... think
1: they'd be pretty lenient on that, right? You know, yeah. Yeah. Doesn't get any um, worse than that. No.
0: Um, yeah. Speaking about records, did you hear that supposedly Paul Mulkeke is unhappy at Washington? And why would that be? <laughs> uh that that's a good question because um I don't know. Maybe the checks aren't coming through because the only reason he went there is because he, he got money. And then supposedly records like closed the door on him. So who who knows if he'll be staying at Washington or not? But
1: oh, that will be going back to Rutgers. No, for sure. Rutgers has closed that door. Um, um, it's interesting. I didn't see Paul as a money guy, but you know what? Like maybe in his last year, he's trying to get a nice check before he goes overseas. So yeah, I mean, I don't know.
0: Word on the street was that the <laughs> check was for four hundred k. So
1: it's solid. Who knows? Something.
0: Maybe he didn't get that, and maybe that's why he's unhappy. But it's August, and guys are still entering the portal. And uh-huh. uh, Ball State guard Boogie Coleman entered the portal on August first, which is absolutely crazy. I'm really torn what to think about this because on one side, like this is ridiculous. You're entering the portal on August first after saying you'd be back and if you had the intention to leave the whole time, you could just said you were leaving and then like waiting to actually graduate to do anything. All right. But at this other time, like college basketball, like these players are becoming like a business, like these are business moves. And quite frankly, the best business move for John Coleman is entering the portal at an extremely late date because he's not like that great. But at the same time, he's better right now than anyone else who's really out there. Like yeah. you you're you're a
1: Missouri fan. He was he was terrible at Missouri. Oh yeah, you know jeez, I, f- I just remember he was in Missouri tired. <laughs> he, he was I didn't he was, remember that. He was don't uh, that's remember that.
0: At, that that Missouri team is probably something that is not
1: uh, too much Yeah,
0: This Kwanza this transfers, man. Yeah. Brutal. <sighs> But yeah, like Coleman went back to Ball State because he, he had been at, that was his second sin at Ball State this year. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, I'm really, I'm really torn because like he's going to get a bag from someone. Is he a high major player? I mean, he wasn't really at Missouri, but.
1: Oh, no, I don't know. He got a little better, right? I yeah. damn hope so. He's like two years older, right? Like Yeah, I mean, he, he was decent know. this year, but. I guess we we'll ride see. a bench somewhere. He's not starting anywhere, unless like maybe Oregon State or some <laughs> shitty like that. You know? Yeah,
0: I mean, su- supposedly he's taking a UCF visit. Like,
1: okay, uh, I actually could see him there.
0: Supposedly, Demar the Langford days. is also taking a UCF visit. Who? Demar Langford, who was at Boston College.
1: Oh, he, he's, he's. I still, actually liked.
0: I like Demar Langford. I think he's. He's, he's still floating out there. Um another player that's floating out there is Mac Etienne, who suppose is down oh. to DePaul and LaSalle. Oh,
1: let's go. He's actually not that bad though. Like Loki, like I hope he, he goes to I actually think he might go to LaSalle. I don't know. I think the de, Fran Dunphy yeah. effect. I don't know. I mean, but LaSalle I think DePaul DePaul might be getting a little
0: money. Choice. I don't know. I mean probably more in LaSalle, you would think. definitely but yeah, like Etienne is not like that bad. Like, he's not that great, but like, he has three years of eligibility left. He's played on a top five team last year where he showed some flashes. Like, yeah, if you're at either one of those schools,
1: you won him. Like, he's and both of
0: those schools are loves. in desperate need of some bigs.
1: Yeah. Uh, LaSalle is this one Lithuanian kid, Rokish Josius. He yes, I actually like him a lot, but like, he's definitely like, still getting used to the game. You could tell he was, a, you know, he started late. He's, you know, those late bloomer overseas guys that kind of yeah. start late. Um, but he's also like the only big on the roster. And yeah, they don't have anything outside of him. The drame's are gone. So, yes. you know, they don't, they don't have anyone else. So they definitely could use ETN for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He definitely had some good games
0: at times. Um, and today Uh, south florida center malik Ewan has entered a portal um probably just didn't work out at south florida because i i thought he would start but i don't know what went down there i mean he just entered a portal like an hour ago so i don't really know anything but i guess we'll just see what happens um Mm -hmm. yeah but moving to sometimes moving to the high school commits i'm just gonna kind of fly through these because i don't know a ton about these guys but UConn got a uh, four-star combo guard Ahmad Noel. Uh four-star big man John Bull has committed to Ole Miss. 40 time being at least. John Bull has had a weird recruitment because, like a month or two ago, uh, for anyone not familiar with the situation, a month or two ago, he committed to Florida and then decommitted fairly quickly. Oh, it was yeah, like yeah. It, it was like a few weeks, so like whatever's probably shouldn't have committed there in the first place. But then the weird part was that, um, like like a week or so ago, he released a top four. that – Let me pull it up what the schools were. I know, like, it was like Ohio State, UTSA, um, but Olmus wasn't on it, which was, um, interesting. Uh, let me pull it UTSA,
1: up. UTSA. Uh. Yeah,
0: yeah. It was Ohio State, UTSA, Georgia Tech, and USC. Then, like two days later, he's like rumor or he's not rumored. He is like reported to take an official visit to Ole Miss, and now he's committed. So, I don't know, but he he's kind of good. Like he's he's. not like, Ole Miss of really all
1: like, these bigs on their roster? yeah sharp mm-hmm. yes I mean, they won't have sharp after this year, oh, that's right. yeah, he's next year, and Sharp will be out of algebra, okay, yeah, right. um,
0: yeah, Creighton I got a four star in Jackson mcandrew I uh, can really stretch the floor, so I'm really excited for that one. Um Utah got a Turkish prospect in Kerahan Figalo. I most likely, Botch that name, so if you're listening to the podcast, Carahan just uh just ignore that. But yeah, he averaged 11.6 uh, points and 4.9 rebounds for Turkey at FIBA U19, which was a good Turkey team. And we will talk about another member of that Turkey team shortly. But yeah, uh, Cal got an international guy that was playing in the U.S um serbian he was serbian or he, he he still is serbian but he um was playing high school basketball in new york and uh, vladimir Pavlovic, who is a point guard who uh i think has got some pretty positive things said about him as like a multi-year like guy like that um illinois got jason jaxtus a three-star forward uh three-star point guard dayton forsyth is off to oklahoma um, I've heard a lot of good things about him as well. Providence got a three-star Ryan Miller. Um, Xavier got some random international guy, uh, Gaitis Nemeskia, who transferred from apparently transferred from like college in Lithuania. So I have no clue how the eligibility situation will work yeah, out. That's true. But he's also like the thirteenth man. So, right. Here's how it works out. Really, um, he's sense. probably not going to do much, but. Xavier also wants to add – they they always want to add, like, an international guy late. Because I remember they were, like, strongly running for uh, Yusuf Kayat last year. Um, I know they wanted, like, that Canadian guy that went to Georgia Tech, Ibrahim Sacco. But, yeah, um, Marquette got a guy. They got Caden Hamilton, who is – at first I thought this guy was a walk-on, but apparently he's, like, a scholarship player, just, like, reclassed. Think he's redshirting just kind of like a potential piece. Maybe you get something out of him, maybe you don't, and he'll be at like some random mid major in two years. But it's probably worth taking a shot at because Marquette also had like a few scholarships to burn. So, uh, Nebraska had a 2023 guy in Matar Diop, pretty solid late pickup. And West Virginia, they filled another scholarship with afri Neve, who's an international prospect. So, yeah. None, none None. of those were like super notable maybe like the first few were but like do you have just any thoughts about any of these guys um yeah, we'll talk I, about I, like some of the main international I guys i expected guys john
1: bowl to be at florida yeah. so that's one that kind of surprised me and i don't know why these guys decommissioned so early um but florida did have a lot of young centers lined up so you know maybe he's questioning or his minutes were gonna come um so kind of worry about that i guess so
0: yeah, um, the Colonial Athletic Association has changed its name. Obviously, we don't have Dan here on the podcast, but yeah, it is now the Coastal Athletic Association. Not much to say about that, but that just uh, is what it is. Kind of they're well, kind of expanding a little a staple
1: man. Like
0: they're kind of expanding a little down the coast more than just like in uh yeah. Virginia, like. Maryland area ish. So.
1: Geographically, it makes a lot of sense.
0: Like, yeah, know, it's just it's kind of a more modern game. name as well. Yeah, true. Sure. But yeah, now, now we are getting to an international guys that actually matter significantly. Um, there's there's four of them that we have to talk about, and two of them are headed to UCLA. And Ademar and Berka Buyuktuncel might have screwed that one up, but I I don't know. I've I've heard his name pronounced multiple different ways, so. So guessing game at this point, but yeah, these guys are good. Like I don't know, have you watched any of highlights on these guys?
1: No, I haven't. I've heard a lot about a uh, day. He's supposed to be really good. Yes, so. both are very good. Boogyok
0: Tunsil is more a polished prospect right now. Like he's can play high level basketball. Like right now, like he does a little bit of everything. Really impacts winning um so he will be he will step right in year one uh mar on the other hand it, it, he's still like really good i know but, he's
1: not a great three-point shooter no, i mean he's like seven same. three or whatever so oh okay yeah, that's um, right. i think he's actually using like, him for um the yan guy oh uh, yan vide
0: who's he's yes. been yes. for a while yes Yes. but,
1: yes. but yeah um, mar is like this
0: uh spanish prospect who Is like projected, he's going to be like maybe a lottery pick whenever he ends up entering the draft. But yeah, they are both really good. Bui Tunsil probably has a more instant impact, but is probably he's definitely a better prospect. But yeah, this is huge for UCLA because this really impacts how I think about UCLA. It really bumps him up my power rankings. I think I have him around 20th now. With the additions of these guys who are not official yet, but like they basically said like hey, there's they're just waiting to like actually announce the signings of them. Like it's it's a done deal. Um but yeah, th- these are two huge prospects. Um, and yeah, as I was saying, what I was gonna say about this is because UCLA assistant coach Ivo Simovich was hired by the Raptors. Who was like the mastermind of international recruiting? I mean, we have mentioned the things he's done before. So then, like, he took the rapture job. Like, people didn't really know like whether they were still gonna get Mar and Boy Like, I mean, they already had like Jan Videt and Elaine Fibwol locked up. Right. So those guys were gonna come. But yeah, so then they, they did hire a guy the other day. I think it was like Nemanja Jovanovic or something like that. He was a UT Arlington assistant. He got hired there, but then I think he he's more or less gonna replace uh Evo's role. But yeah, this this is huge that UCLA was still able to get these guys, which I didn't really know if that would happen. And it it seems like they're still gonna be a dominant international recruiting team, and but yeah, another international guy that has been getting a lot of talk and buzz. Is Zvonimir Ivicic, who was off to Kentucky, and h- do you know anything about this guy either? Um, okay, so I think Kentucky fans are overhyping him a lot more. That's what I've than, been hearing, though. Yes, he is. He is. I don't. I'm not am not going to say he's not good because he is like seven three or so, and is a can shoot he's like kind of i mean he's like a really skilled like hypothetically he's like i think his highlights are a lot better than like he actually is kind of like the grant nelson issue where people only watch highlights and don't actually watch full games even though he was still good but yeah like this guy is way more of a prospect and he's he's like not even super young either so I don't know. And he's only going to stay one year in college. Like, there's no way that he, because he's already declared for the NBA draft twice. So if he declares another time, he has to stay in. And, like, at the at the U20 championships where he played recently, like, he was, he was solid. But, like, he got, there were, like, college players that weren't, like, that great. That were, like, Benny Schroeder was, like, significantly better than him in their matchup. And Benny Schroeder like couldn't see the floor at Oklahoma last year. And like Danny Wolf, who's like Yale's center, who averaged like 7.3 minutes per game last season, was like one of the best players in the tournament. So who knows? But I mean, I guess we'll see. I'm not really expecting much out of him, but it it is great to see that like Kentucky is going international recruiting. Like, really, all these international recruits are good. It's good, it's good for the sport to uh, make college basketball more international for sure. Um, We have sa- another guy in Australia and moving, uh, moving away from Europe to Australia and Johnny Furphy, who is off to Kansas. Um, I assume you haven't watched any of his highlights as you have not watched any of these other guys, but he, he is a, uh, he's like one through three. He's really skilled solidly athletic, gets some really good court vision. I'm not sure about how he is instantly, but I think he could be like a really good player down the line, depending how long he stays at Kansas. So I really do like this ad. It happened last night. Anything to say about any of these international guys?
1: Yeah. I just, it's going to be interesting to see like how much they actually play. Um, you know, I definitely think, uh, you know, the Kentucky guy might get some time because they're a little thin and big. Um, you yeah. know, obviously if Trey Mitchell, but, you know, in terms of, like, backup minutes, you know, like, they're kind of up for grabs, if you like. Yeah, so. I mean,
0: Bradshaw and Anantia are currently hurt. So. Right, yeah. It's, I knew that, so. Uh, yeah.
1: they definitely be in the mix.
0: But um, just a bit of an older... No, as well but obviously Bronny underwent cardiac arrest um at usc practice he was since been in stable condition and i mean he's been out of the hospital for a while so i mean not really a time just uh kind of hoping everything there works itself out and i mean i, I hope he plays but more importantly i hope he is this doesn't affect his future career like i hope and or his life like Hope he's able to okay. get fully 100% and just not be like a lingering issue. But yeah, it, there's I don't think there's actually any correlation here, but it's really interesting this happened two years in a row at USC. because obviously Vinji Wuchukwu. This happened to him last offseason as well. And I mean, uh, comparing these two, just or talking about what Iwuchukwu, he made his debut in January and clearly was like not, like a hundred, or he was a hundred percent. He just wasn't like hundred percent with the flow of the game. Like he was rusty, which was definitely something that I Probably noticed. A bit out of
1: shape, you know, and you haven't played yeah. long in the game atmosphere.
0: So I'm interested to see if USC if Bronny plays at all this year, and if he does play, what he's going to look like. Which now, obviously, the main concern is his health and well being. Anything more to add on that?
1: Um, yeah, I think you know they just gotta take it week by week and kind of evaluate where he is. I think you know the biggest thing is getting again his conditioning back, like something like that. Psychologically, can really affect a player, right? Um, you know they'll, you know they'll be physically better maybe a couple months later, but mentally they're not all the way confident. You know they're kind of you know scared to get back out there, and so they gotta take it careful especially with him uh psychologically they got to make sure he's all the way back and ready so
0: yeah but yeah the maui invitational bracket was released uh since we've recorded a lot of podcasts and it is stacked i mean obviously the teams have already been released but the bracket was released as well and uh the matchups are kansas versus chaminade marquette versus UCLA, and those are like in a Quadrant of four there, and then Tennessee versus Syracuse and Purdue versus Gonzaga in the bottom of the bracket. And th- this is the best MT of all time, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, top the to bottom, like, you know, the Maui Invitational has been top heavy in, in years past. Like, you know, there's a couple good teams and, you know, there's the gimme wins, but I feel like top the to bottom, like, there's matchups I want to see. So, I mean, I think there are six top 20 teams here. Right, and plus you get to see Shamanad, which is gonna be fun. They are gonna get killed. This, this is a gonna get year killed, for but BNB. it's gonna be just cool to see them. It's, it's a worse year for to being
0: it because there's not a single team here to even like stand a fighting chance. Yeah, against. I
1: know it's. Yeah, it's usually good to have them in there, but they're definitely in over their shoulders this year. But, but yeah, let let me go to my ranking and see where I have all
0: these teams. So obviously, can I have Kansas won. I have Purdue at two, I have Marquette at five, Tennessee at six, NJG at eight, and UC- UCLA at 19. So for them
1: all to be in the same MT is just, it's yeah. just crazy. Yeah, uh, UCLA is definitely moving up my rankings since they landed those two guys. So they're definitely in my top 25 now. They weren't, but yes. they definitely are now, so.
0: I, I hope someday I can make it to the Maui Invitational. De- yeah, definitely I've been to Hawaii to.
1: once. Um, yeah, I wasn't... No, I think we were on Maui. Um, I was the islands. We didn't visit the big island. Um, I think we were on Oahu for like a day, but we were mostly okay. on Maui. But no, it'd be a great trip, of course. Yeah. That, that I is didn't really like... prioritize basketball when I was there last, <laughs> so now yeah. I can.
0: Yeah, de- definitely going to be on my bucket list after I graduate. As are many other games. Like, uh, there's there's definitely a lot of uh, like arenas and like places I want to go. Like, de- I want to go to GCU because they have a crazy home environment. They do.
1: Like, if you're on the West Coast or anywhere near there, like I feel like San Diego State Grand Canyon would be a really good game mm-hmm. to, get to. Yeah, it's yeah, at Grand yeah. Canyon apparently they so. they do play this year. Um, San Diego is State. At game I, I game, saw which... that. I was like, "Wow, they've really got them on the schedule." That that'll um, be a fun environment. Like, it will be, even if the age. game might not be that close. But it, you know, I think could. it could be. You know, like, I mean, San Diego State doesn't blow anybody out. So, and she you is know. good. Yeah, I like, don't know. Like, did they solve Ray Harrison? Or yeah, like
0: let me. I have the roster put up. They, they have Joe on Blackshire back, who was oh, like yeah, he's in a last year, He should be back they have ray harrison they have a uh, colin moore from georgia state oh yeah he was decent okay. they still have gabe mclaughlin back oh i liked Gabe. they have um, like Sidney curry who was like is he's huge i mean he he was at louisville he was i like, to say i knew he was at louisville i
1: just trying to which, remember
0: like, anyone in louisville last year kind of sucked but like he's like gonna be huge Body i didn't know the they web. still had
1: all these pieces you know grand canyon really impressed me last year yeah. like you remember um you know when they made it against iowa a couple years back i was mm-hmm. not impressed with them at all like they they couldn't hit crap against you know an awful defensive team <laughs> yeah. but this year like they first half they were toe-to-toe with gonzaga like no it was they held their own for a while much longer than people thought um you know they made a lot of shots and they have a lot of shot makers um mm. definitely so be fun yeah and just like continuing down the roster they have like Duke Brennan
0: who Arizona State transfer Josh Baker was pretty decent player for them last year they have Ty and Grant Foster who is speaking about cardiac arrest. he's a guy who underwent that at uh, DePaul and is now supposedly clear to be playing college basketball again which is also, this is good news, and I he's a real wild card. because He could be like really good, but he also hasn't played basketball in two years, so it's uh, right. You just don't know. See yeah, a similar like situation to Keontae. Hopefully, hopefully, we do because Keontae was surprisingly very good this season. But yeah, they also got Luke War from Oregon, who's decent. So yeah, this team is going to be really good, but yeah definitely definitely on my bucket list to see at some point
1: you ever been to the garden no i haven't haven't been that many places i about to say you know um i know you've probably been focusing on the west coast bucket list but there's definitely quite a few on on the yeah uh, definitely
0: definitely a lot of east coast the pluster is definitely one i have to get to at some point i know you've probably been to it multiple times Mm -hmm. no it's So. so fun Yes. uh we have some realignment news which is really starting to pick up really starting to be a big deal uh the, the big the big news is colorado well the big news is official is colorado moving to the big 12 they're back in the big 12 and i mean their athletic department is on the rise with football uh kind of being having some energy in them basketball i mean these moves are obviously all based on football but their basketball program is trending in the right direction i'd say this yeah. is, I mean, not really trend. I mean, I think they're just like solid this year. At least they'll be good, but yeah, they'll be in the Big Twelve uh next year. Not, not obviously like this year, but the year after this year, and then this kind of opened up another like big domino effect in a way because it seems like the Pac twelve, like it seems like Arizona and Arizona State are gone from the Pac twelve, probably going to the Big Twelve. Um, it seems like I mean obviously UCLA and big USC have,
1: is going to need two divisions, dude. Like it's just too freaking big. It's yeah, like big I 20. mean,
0: <laughs> um, Oregon and Washington they might go to the Big Ten too. I mean that's been rumored. Oh gosh. So yeah, it's UConn is rumored to go to the Big Twelve. I mean uh yeah i don't even know this is a time where we need dan because he's a he's a more of a realignment expert obviously more of a he's more of a college football guy and more plugged in on that side which is most of these things
1: come down to football
0: but i think big 12 is trying to build like a super basketball conference yeah that's
1: what it's really seeing like it seems like the big 12 is making these for basketball at least in my eyes but then again like you know my dad will always remind me of like How Colorado, he grew up with Colorado, Mizzou in the Big 12. You know, they used to be like, Colorado used to be a football powerhouse um, Mm. back in the old, old days. So, you know, I I do think that's their first sport. You know, I feel like Mizzou is going to be low-key joining them soon. Um, They really should move to the Big 12. Like, I don't know why they're even in the, I think they've always been a Big 12 school to me because like geographically, they're right there. Like, they're not anywhere in the southeast in terms of um and i'll be honest in the sec they don't have a rival and sec schools have always said that and it's true like they really don't like you can pretend to arkansas is kind of a rival in football um it's been a little bit you know they played each other and you know it gets kind of here but it's not a rivalry like at all like you know, they have rivalries in the Big twelve, as you know, even though if it's very one sided, it's still, you know, a rivalry with history um in Kansas and Colorado was a pretty big rival, um, way back in the day. So like they they need to try and get a move in. I don't know if uh it's realistic, but um there's definitely a team that should be considering realignment.
0: Yes. Uh we have yes uh yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens with like the Pac twelve. The ACC's might also be falling apart. Who who um, knows? We'll see. It seems like they're moving towards like a power of three conferences or seems like it. we will yeah. see how that happens. But um uh, yeah. Uh some more college sports related news as uh these Iowa and Iowa State players are being investigated for gambling and I mean it started with Iowa State quarterback Hunter Deckers was like kind of the first domino to fall, which uh Iowa State fans aren't too upset about that BC. He wasn't he wasn't really that good, but but more of the problem is uh he was throwing games. <laughs> who knows? But basketball wise, Aaron Ewlis uh is found to have wagered Uh, nearly thirty five thousand dollars on Fanduel. Two thousand wagers, yeah. That is, and supposedly at least one of them was on Iowa basketball, which is a big issue. The big issue is if he's gambling on his own teams. Because
1: that is like that's where it really
0: is. Like,
1: I mean, I don't, I don't like like when they (laughs) said one bet on Iowa basketball. I'm thinking of all the bets against Iowa.
0: Yeah, but – and the thing is, like, I don't know. I think, like, the only schools that they've really investigated are Iowa and Iowa State. So, like, you've got to think. There there are so many players around the country that are oh, really nervous you know. right now
1: um, because – Iowa's just taking, you know, the gambling crap seriously, which states should. Like, you know, um gambling's such a dangerous addiction to begin with like mm-hmm. as an athlete, you can't have that kind of distraction going yeah. on. Um, you know, the other states should really follow suit. Like I think Iowa's doing a really good job as a state here. Like they should be looking out for those athletes to not get hooked on that kind of stuff. Cause like, let's look at it this way. Once these guys are out of school, right? Like not everyone's a professional, uh, outside of, um, college. Are they going to just get hooked on gambling after school? Like you know, um, you just don't know that. And, you know, you kind of want to stop that stuff when you're in school, at least. Right. Like, cause then it's definitely going to become like something after you graduate. Like, so, um, you know, the state of Iowa is just looking out for these guys and like a lot of these other States with, you know, New York recently becoming legal with gambling, um, and other States like that, like they should really start looking into like, you know, are you betting on your mom's account or things like that? You could track SSNs, and that's how they do it. Um, So, like, they really need to start looking out for these players.
0: Yeah, th- there's no realistic way that Uless has eligibility left after this, but because, because he bet in his own team, that's the main thing. Like, there are definitely players out there that, like, have not bet in their own team but have bet, which it results in different punishments across the board. I know the NCAA released something new where, like, kind of like had like tears of
1: uh how bad it was
0: uh let me see if i can find
1: that real quick so Um, i don't know how the punishments are but
0: it's they changed it recently like um yeah so i'll pull up this article from usa today that was the first thing that i let me see if this actually explains it um but yeah, so basically, I mean, anyone that like bets on their own games is, I think, faces permanent ban of eligibility. Um, wagering on another sport at your school could result in a half season ban. Um, let me see, what else do we have? And then some of it, and I've also seen that some of it's like a partial suspension or like education, like uh, trying to just like if it's like not that much money and like not on a like okay, here's it, so if it's two hundred dollars or less, it's uh sports wagering rules and prevention education, so nothing eligibility wise uh two hundred one dollars to five hundred dollars of gambling, it's a loss of ten percent of a season of eligibility, plus rules and prevention education, five hundred one to eight hundred dollars is a loss of. 20% of a season, uh plus uh prevention education, stuff like that. Greater than eight hundred is lost a thirty percent of a season of eligibility. And um yeah, so and then uh, over uh, just kind it's of it's just like amount of
1: stuff. wagers, right? Yeah.
0: But yeah,
1: Eulis wagered like thirty five thousand dollars. So we and use... then two thousand separate wagers, so mm. like he's way off the scale, like yes he's receiving the maximum penalty
0: which isn't like i mean like it isn't like he's not just like throwing like huge amounts of money at like every game which is i mean you don't want to see any of this but it's probably i mean you'd rather have him not wagering a ton and like betting like thousands of dollars that's where it gets really out of of hand but yeah he is uh he will likely not be eligible anymore. So we can uh, continue his fan duel stuff right. uh, without any penalties because he won't be an athlete anymore. But yeah, speaking about Nebraska, I'm a big fan of Jamarcus Lawrence. So this is this is some great news. It opens up the door for Lawrence yes. to really step in because he was great down the stretch and is probably better than U.S. anyway, and he gets more playing time. So I didn't really think U.S. 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 was I'm ever like that better. great to begin with. Yeah. But yeah, Nebraska's been playing their international tour. Gillis is with them, but not allowed to play any games. Uh yeah. Nebraska's <laughs> Nebraska's like starting walk-ons now, but one their walk ons that they have is actually kind of good. He's he's from Nebraska and like has
1: like low major offers and
0: apparently huh. he might be in the rotation this year. So
1: yeah. Yeah, their bench is gonna be pretty sus. Um, they have a good starting five, but I like I mean, they have like five, Alec so. off the bench. They have like, oh yeah, they do have Alec. Who else they have off
0: the bench? Like, uh, like CJ Wilcher. I mean, no, they have like
1: CJ's good bench piece.
0: Eli Eli Rice is uh heard some decent things about. Ramel Lloyd is a freshman. Yeah, and anything else we need to talk about today? I mean, it's kind of a quick grab. Everything.
1: That's everything all
0: right yeah make sure to follow all, all of our social medias um follow us on instagram hoopshoo media I'm, I'm still
1: gonna call it twitter i'm not i'm not gonna call it x can can yeah. we agree on that still not follow not on... hopping on that uh non-existent wave because i know everyone's still calling it no. twitter so. it, it's still gonna be twitter it's gonna,
0: like you know like when some like sports teams change their names of arenas but like it's like some like outrageous name that like yeah, I'm still going to call it the thing like Crypt Arena. I'm always going to call it the Brewer Stadium Staples. Miller Park. Yeah, yeah. Miller Park. You know, I don't uh, even know what it is now, but it's American gonna Family be, Field. <laughs> it's it's going to be Miller Park for me. But yeah, of course, still going to call it Twitter. Still going to be tweeting, even though it's uh posting and reposting now. Right. N- not gonna, not gonna change that language up for me personally. But yeah, follow troops, troops, media, Instagram, Twitter. Follow Kyle at MidMajor basketball on instagram and yeah subscribe to our youtube channel if you're watching us on youtube right now uh hit the thumbs up button turn on post notifications and if you're not watching us on youtube that is an option if you weren't aware so yeah feel free to do that and yeah do we have i guess we probably hit everything didn't we probably yeah honestly yeah well yeah, as I said, just a little uh, shorter of an episode today, just to uh, kind of get, just to kind of get everyone that uh, listens and relies on us for news, It's refreshed and yeah. So I think it's officially conference preview season now. So we will be back next week, likely with a conference preview. Um, yeah. Yeah. This this will probably be my last podcast at home as well as I am moving back to college yep. shortly. So. We might see a new setup next week, yeah. At the duplex.
1: Oh.
0: (laughs) We we may see a a new setup setup next week. Yes, well. Yeah, we will see you next week with some conference preview action.